I get the next two weeks. So today we're going to be going through Psalms 5. So if you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, um, let's, uh, we're, going to, we're going to read that here in a minute, so let, but let's turn to Psalms 5. So, uh, there we go. Oh, that's really far off. That's the other end. Okay, let's try. First one. We can do this. Man, I love slides. <laughs> um, okay, well, first things first, we're going to talk about Psalms 5. And kind of been going through, um, after reading and praying through it, I kind of the direction I'm getting is kind of, we're here finding God's root, God's path for our life. So imagine David, the writer of this psalm, um, is pouring out his heart in frustration about all of the evil in the world. So he's comparing following God's path with the path of evil. So to help understand this better, I kind of have a, two different uh, illustrations for you. So um, a little while ago, there was a situation where about 100 cars got stuck on a muddy road out in Colorado. All thanks to a Google Maps detour. Um, yeah. So that's, this is what happened. Is it, it's, imagine this. It's a beautiful day out. Uh, people are all out on the road trip, getting out. Like I, was, I, I went to BC this past week, got back late last night, and um, I had my own detour mix-up. I, I wanted to go grab a coffee. Um, and uh, well, I followed Google Maps and it took me to, I think it was like some warehouse parking lot. And it was sketchy because it was like pitch black out there. But anyways, that's my own little experience. But this one here, they're in a beautiful day. It's sunny out. Um, they're out on this road trip, excited to reach wherever they're headed. Um, they're using Google Maps to guide them on their chosen routes. Right? Everything seems fine until the app suggests a shortcut to avoid traffic. Um, <laughs> in this case... The app suggested a detour that seemed like a great idea at first. The detour led the drivers away from the main road onto a smaller, unfamiliar route. Um, but here's where things went wrong. The detour led them onto this muddy, unpaved road that was not suitable for regular cars. Can you go to the second slide? Oh, third slide. There you go. Um, more and more drivers, it started with one, but then more and more and more and more drivers started following that same detour that Google Maps decided to suggest. Um, that, smutty, that, that small muddy road quickly became overwhelmed with traffic. Soon, so many cars got stuck in the mud, unable to move forward or even backwards. It turned into this situation, um, with people trying to figure out how to get their vehicles unstuck and back on the right track. Just imagine, this is what happened. You're stuck. You can't go nowhere. You're waiting for the tow trucks or something to get you out. Right? So what can we learn from this, this unfortunate incident um, is, is, is this. In Psalms 5, we see David seeks God's guidance and protection from the midst of evil and chaos. Just like the drivers who followed the, the Google Maps detour and got stuck in the mud, we too can find ourselves in difficult situations when we rely on worldly shortcuts or advice. 
We see that life's journey can be filled with temptations or distractions that can lead us away from God's path. And we see in Psalms 5, it reminds us that God wants us to seek him as our reliable guide. Right? When we trust in, in his word and we seek his direction in prayer, we can avoid those muddy roads of bad decisions and find joy in his path that he has for us. So let's, let, let's, let's be like David turning to God for that guidance, letting God be our Google Maps, essentially. Right? Rejoicing in his protection and living according to his ways. By doing so, we can easily navigate through life's challenges and stay on the path that leads to purpose and God's blessing and fulfillment in God's presence. I'm sure most of us have also been in a maze where if you follow, if you follow the wrong path, you can easily get lost for hours and hours, right? And um, if you follow the right path, it'll take you to the exit. It's the same thing. If you go on a one-way street, you can follow the directions and actually make your way out, or you can keep going around in circles, right? So we're going to take an example uh, of, um, of a route or of this maze and add it to your life. And that's why we're calling it finding God's path. You've got a starting point, which represents the moment when you accepted Jesus as your savior. And guess what? We have the starting point, so we now also need to have a finish point. And that finish of the maze symbolizes our physical lives and here on earth. So you see, this maze represents your entire life journey. The crucial part of the route is the main line, which is that red line. It's your ideal Christ-filled life, the path that God has specifically mapped out for each and every one of you. So living according to his promises and his commandments. You see, when we enter the maze, we, we receive the Holy Spirit to guide us and help us through life's turns and twists and, and struggles. And, and, and see, that's God's heart for you. He wants you to live life according to his plan because he knows what's good for us. But he, here's the catch. There's going to be so many ups and downs. There's going to be so many detours, delays, and turning points uh, in our way. So those, rep those represent the other paths in the maze. And I'm sure you can figure this out is those paths are not from God. They lead to dead ends and disappointments. They may look attractive, promising, but in the end they lead us astray. We see that they're pretty much like evil paths that take, away, take us away from God's best. So I ho hope you guys are somewhat following along right now. Because um, remember, God's got an amazing plan for your life, and he's guiding you through the maze of life, let's say. Right? Let's, so let's stick to his path and follow his word, live the amazing life that he has in store for each and every one of us. Keep exploring with God as your guide. Let him be your map. So imagine your life as a labyrinth or as a maze, right? Well, we're, we're going to explore where you might find yourself in this maze. 
I'll explain here four different points, and I want you to be honest with yourself and see which one actually resonates with you. So let's dive in here. Point A. This point is for those who are currently not living for God. You see here is, they're right here. They're not even in the maze yet. It means you haven't yet committed your life to follow Jesus. Maybe you're trying to do things your own way, or you feel like you're not good enough to be part of God's family. Or perhaps you, don't, you, you know about God, but haven't taken that step to actually follow him wholeheartedly. And this is you. I don't want anyone to worry, because we have really good news. So if that's you, you might be at point A. Point B represents true believers. And that's right there. Those who've chosen to follow Christ, they've denied themselves, picked up their cross, and are walking in his ways. They want to please God and trust in him with all of their hearts. Sticking to that line that we see right there. If that's you, you might be at point B. You point, point C is right there. Point C is for believers who may have slightly wandered off God's path. You haven't gone too far, but you're slowly starting to drift away. The temptations of the world and the desires of the flesh are just coming a little more enticing than before. But you know God is there, and you've just been blinded to the truth. Some of, it's easy to get tempted and, and kind of drift off because this world, there's a lot of enticement, right? We can find ourselves without, without even realizing it that we slowly start drip, drift off of God's path. So that's you. Maybe you're at point C. Our last point here, right in the far corner. That's the longest route. This point represents believers who have strayed far from God's path. You can barely hear his voice anymore. You're facing the consequences of wrong decisions that have crept into your life. Relationships might be struggling. And you find yourself worshiping other things, which I'm sure we all know they're called idols. They're putting other things in front of God. That's you. Maybe you're point D. I want everyone to know that there's no judgment. There is, I still love you wherever you're at. I've been, I, I know I can, I can aden- identify with uh, one of these. We all go through different phases in life, and it's okay if you've been at various points. I know I have. I know I've seen myself at point D for a very long time. When I was growing up, I was, didn't want anything to do with God. I was hurt. I lost all my relationships. I lost all my friendships took work, but when I finally put God in front of my life, I, fo- I wanted to follow his path. And now I want you to imagine this maze, this entire maze right here. I want you to imagine it's the maze of your name. This is your life right now. Either you're point A, B, C, or D. The reality is that we've all experienced these different points at some time in our lives. You can't deny that. We've all experienced some points. 
But here's the good news. As we're going to explore Psalms 5, which shows us what it's like to live our lives on that line. Pretty much God's way. And that's the good news. But there's also some bad news. And we'll see what happens when we live outside of God's will. Rep- represented by the parts in the maze that are, are far away from that line. So let's read Psalms 5 together and discover both the good and the challenging parts of the journey. Remember that no matter where you find yourself on, the, on your maze of your life, God loves you and is ready to guide you back on track. So let's, uh, Psalms 5, we're going to read. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. and You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and the deceitful man, but I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, for there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open, open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of their abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the Lord, or for you bless the righteous, O Lord. Cover him with favor as with a shield. See here, we got getting God's attention. We see, let, let's, let's dive in those first three verses and see how David uh, gets God's attention. Imagine like when uh, a child grabs your face and, and turns it towards him, wanting you to listen. Like I, I remember my kids used to do this all the time where I'm still blabbing on, talking to somebody, and they'll be like, Dad, listen, Right? They'll take your faith and pull it to you so you can focus on them. Imagine that um, because there's so many times that I would simply tune them out. But just like that, David is trying to get his father's attention. He's frustrated with all the evil in the world, longing for something better. So let's check out those verses again and see what David has to say. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Do you ever have moments in your life where you're just like, God, are you listening? God, please pay attention to me. I know I do sometimes. But guess what? I've got really good news for you. And God wants us to pray and he's actually paying attention. So here's what I want you to take away from this is God is listening. You can talk to him just like you would talk to a friend. He's all ears. He's listening. He's paying attention. 
Even if it feels like your words are all over the place, don't worry, because guess what? God can make sense of it all. I remember it's one thing here. Sometimes I get kind of tongue-tied, and I'll start. I don't know if you ever watched, uh, I think it was Bruce Almighty, and there's the news anchor, and all of a sudden, God can make sense of that. Because I don't know what the heck I'm saying, because I'll be trying and trying and trying. And my focus can't comprehend it but God can he's not just any king he's your king and he's your God he loves you like crazy so don't hesitate to have that heart-to-heart talk with God he's always there ready to listen and to be your friend talk to him pour out your heart let him be your guide in this incredible journey of our life you're not alone you have a king who cares deeply about you We need to resist evil and choose God's way. Verses 4, 5, and 6 um, is what we're t- going to talk about. Before we jump in, I'll give you a clear understanding of what evil uh, means. It's really essential to grasp this con- uh, concept. So here's the core essence of evil. It's when we worship anything more than God. Evil is all about worshiping preferring, exchanging, or valuing something more than God. Let me show you how it plays out in the Bible. You see, the Israelites worshiped the golden calf instead of God. The Pharisees worshiped the law and themselves were neglecting the worship of, of Jesus, of the Son of God. And you know what? In today's culture, we do it too. Sometimes we worship ourselves or others or seek pleasure above worshiping God. And we think our ways are better than God's ways. If we go to, um, I'm not, this isn't for everybody. If you go to a, a hockey game, really, and, so, and your team wins the game, what's happening? You guys are cheering them on. If that's what you'd rather do than worship God, there's two different ways. There's something wrong. You see, we need, to, we need to stop thinking that our ways are better than God's ways. The truth is, we exchange the glory of God for a lie. It's the lie that says anything other than God will make us happy and give us purpose in this life. But here's the deal. It's all about worship. We, we, we see that in, in here, it is a challenge. But there is hope. We just need to move forward and see what God has to say about this in verses 4 to 6. Encourage you, this, these are some powerful words we're going to read here. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. And the Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Aren't those some strong, strong, strong statements? God is serious about evil. He doesn't delight in it, and it cannot coexist with his holiness. He hates all evildoers, those who are boastful, those who lie, and those who are bloodthirsty or deceitful. Why does God feel that this way? Because he loves us deeply. He knows that evil will lead us away from his best for our lives. He wants what's good for us. 
but evil will only bring harm and destruction. So let's choose God's path and worship him above all else. He's our loving king, and when we follow him, we will find that true happiness and that true purpose. Stick to God's path. He'll lead us to that fulfilling and abundant life. So stay with me as we explore more of uh, this journey. um, We see here in Romans 1, There you go. 1, 21 to 23, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping, th- uh, creeping things. You see, evil is like trading something precious, something with so much value for something cheap, something knockoff, like items you'd buy off of Timu or Wish. Sure you have that. That's giving me nightmares. Um, Mario. But it's like saying, God, you're amazing, but I want to focus on these things, right? We're taking away the precious things for this. I'd rather have like, the real Oreos, not creamy wheels. <laughs> Again, the la- the, imagine a labyrinth or a maze, and right in the middle of God's path is representing his perfect ways. When we wander off the path and we don't live according to God's way, we end up worshiping something else other than God. It's a struggle we all face because deep down, we have a sin nature that desires things different from what God desires for us. So as uh, let's decide today is what path are you on? Are you on God's path or the path of evil? We choose to worship the creator, not the created things. We see that evil is all about what we worship. We need to decide what path in that maze we are going to follow. Stay with me on, in this journey because let's discover the joy of, of following God's path together. We're going to worship God and he will lead us. So we see here in Psalms 5, 7, and 8 is, but I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Let's dive into David's powerful words as he shares his heart with God. We see in verse 7, David declares boldly, but I will enter your house and bow down in reverence to you. Can you feel his passion for worship? You see, David is saying, I choose to worship you, Lord, and not let anything else take your place in my heart. I prefer to follow your path rather than wandering on some chaotic route, getting stuck in a road full of mud. Now, notice the phrase, uh, through the abundance of your steadfast love, right, that that I left out earlier. Uh, We see that this is about Jesus and the gospel, the great news of God's love for us. 
I'm going to explain a little more later, but trust me, it's going to be an amazing uh, news for each and every one of us. We see in verse 8, David asks God for guidance in this challenging world. We see life has roadblocks, life has detours. It's not always the easiest route. We do struggle, and that is, that is life. But God, our faithful shepherd, leads us in the righteous paths through uh, his Holy Spirit. We see this in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. It's one of the, 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 the scriptures that really impacted me growing up. I struggle with a lot of stuff. And, and, uh, and I'm going to be honest, a lot was, was self-harm and everything. And I remember this when I was doing really poorly. I was at Bible college and uh, I got this card written on me. Don't know who it's from. Still don't know who it's from. But I was having a really poor couple weeks, and I was getting really depressed. And I remember this card getting slid under my door. And um, I looked at it because I'm like, what is going on? Weird. So I picked it up, and I read it, and it hit me like a bag full of bricks. I was just down for the count because I didn't know if I can trust God. I didn't know if I can believe in him. Even though I was at Bible college, I didn't know if I can really trust him because I was hurting. We see here in Proverbs 3, uh, 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge him, and he will make, your straight, he will make straight your paths. You see, even though I was at Bible college, I felt really close to part D. I felt like I had to go to Bible college because all my friends were going to Bible college, but I felt far away from God. So that's where I was. I was, I was lost, how desperate, chasing after things that really couldn't satisfy my soul. I remember after graduating, I went back to Calgary, and I stopped going to church altogether. I just walked away. I was just hurt. Even though I had that card, that's what I kept going to. And yeah, I have it tattooed on my arm because it's a constant reminder if I'm having a hard day, I just need to look like, yes, God, you're the one. I'm so thankful for God that he never gave up on me. He surrounded me with good influences, good friends. He, 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 I had his word, and it, I eventually had a church that truly believed in him. And I saw God led me back to his path, started to put me and I start putting him first in my heart. We see here in Psalms 23, 1 to 4, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness and for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This beautifully, beautifully captures how God leads us as, as our loving shepherd. He provides for us, guides us to green pastures, and restores our very weary souls. And even in the tough times in our life, when we walk through those dark valleys, we need to not fear because God is with us, comforting us, and protecting us. 
We need to remember that God will lead us through this crazy journey of life. No matter where you are right now, if you choose to worship him, he will guide you. We have enemies out there. But you do not need to fear because God is with us. And with him by our side, we have nothing to fear. So let's stick together. Let's support one another. Let's encourage each other as we journey through this maze called life. And always, and, and always remember that with God as a guide, we can navigate any challenge that comes our way. But of course, there's consequences of evil. So back to the bad news. David wants his readers to see the consequences of worshiping other things over God. In other, in other words, what happens when you stray off God's path? And that would be rep- represented by path C, path D, and path A. See, this is the consequences of evil. See here, Psalms 5, verses 9 and 10. For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, uh, cast them out. For they have rebelled against you. Let's look at verse 9 again. um, Because it should sound very familiar uh, to some of us. uh, Because it comes from Romans chapter 3. It has a description of all of us apart from any intervention of God's spirit into our lives. So let's take a look at Romans 3, verses 10 to 18. I'll give you guys a second to turn if you're going to. I don't take a drink. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. Their venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. That is pretty intense. But we see here in Psalms 5, verse 10, back and forth, we see here, tells us further the consequences of evil. Verse, Psalm 510 says, Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels because of the abundance of their transgressions. Cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. So let's take a moment and understand the the, the progression and the consequences of evil. It's like we see these series of warning signs that uh, we need to really pay attention to. We can't take these things lightly at all it's a warning sign so you see that if you find yourself at point c you may have drifted off the path a little bit and you're feeling the weight of guilt from your mistakes that guilt is there for a reason it's meant to turn you around and guide you back to god's path 
For example, when you have a vehicle um, that has that lane warning when you're trying to drift off, like uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I had this rental car, and I remember I was driving, and I just wanted to see because it said I had it. I'm driving. I'm just going to let go. And drives me back in the path. Like, it just gave me that right one. It saw that line say, I don't know how it does it. It's magic. <laughs> My car's, I can't afford that. <laughs> it gives you that warning light, that warning sign. When you start to drift off, that vehicle gave me a warning beep and a vibration to say, hey, get back on track. But here's the good news. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. But it all starts with that confession. Confessing that we have sinned. So now maybe you're at point D. You've fallen into this valley by following your own thoughts. You thought you knew what was best for your life. But it led into addiction. Bad, it led into bad relationships. Or maybe just a state of laziness. You're good to do nothing. I want to encourage you, don't lose hope. God is in the business of restoration and renewing his people. There is, there, there is amazing hope for those at point C and point D. We need to be committed to finding your way back to God's path. Because he has a purpose and he has a plan for each and every one of you. Perhaps if you find yourself at point A, which is outside of God's kingdom, if you remember that, that was right at the very bottom, you haven't even stepped into the maze. You're busy running and running and running away and doing your own thing. Either you don't want a relationship with Christ, or perhaps you don't even know what it means. You don't even know what it means to have a true relationship with him. I encourage you, if you're at point A, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged because here comes the amazing news. Jesus Christ. We're, we're going to talk into more of that in a bit here, but we don't want to know that God doesn't desire any of these consequences for his children. But when we choose to live outside of his will, we may experience the results of our decisions. His desire for us is to walk, walk on his path. So here's, here's one of the key takeaways here is every decision we make in this pathway of life, in our maze of life, has its consequences. I shared er earlier about the story about the 100, more than 100 cars that, that followed the wrong path and got stuck in the mud, and they were there. They were just done. God is our, let God be your guide, your Google map for your life. You see, wise decisions lead us closer to God's path, but unwise choices lead us, can, can, sorry, can take us further away from God's path. So we need to be intentional in, in making these wise decisions that we, as we journey through life. God is with us, guiding us, and he wants the best for each and every one of us. We see here is the results of following God's way is, the, the, the good news is here are the results of following God's path or living on the path that God has for us. So let's read Psalms 5, 11, and 12. 
But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that the kind of life that you long for? You, you can see all these fantastic benefits of, from following God's ways. Be filled with that joy, with singing, with happiness, surrounded by God's protection. You'll be covered with, with his favor like a shield. These amazing rewards await all those in, who take refuge in God and those who choose to live their lives according to his path. So here's God's invitation to you. Taste and see that I am good. That's shown in Psalms 34, verse 8. Taste and see that I am good. Yeah, you heard it right. You might be wondering, well, how do I take refuge in God? How do I follow the path that he has for me? Well, it all begins by entering that maze, taking that step. The word of God, and I, you have to know this book, it's the Bible. It's your ultimate roadmap for your life. If you don't have a Bible, I highly encourage you to grab one. Get a physical one. Of course, you have the ones on your phones too. But there's something to be said when you get to actually hold the word of God in your hand and you get to read it. You see, here's a promise you can hold on to. 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. With his guidance, you'll fearlessly navigate the maze of life. God wants nothing but what's truly good for you. So let's stop wasting time. Stop wasting time on the little foolish, um, insignificant man-made idols. And idols can be anything in your life that you place over worshiping the king. It could be simply, it, it can be sports. If that's, you'd rather do that than worship God. It could be, I don't know, playing music. It can be knitting even. If you'd rather do that than spending time reading your word, there's something you're placing above God. God has so much more in store for your life. I encourage you to accept his invite, follow his path, and be ready to embark on this amazing, incredible journey of life. Let's step into God's refuge and live our lives on his path, following God's perfect plan for each and every one of us. As, as we kind of wrap up this, as I sum it all up here, this maze is a powerful representation of your life right now. At this moment, you might find yourself still point A, B, C, or D. But let me tell you, God has a purpose-filled path for every one of you, a path filled with goodness, a path filled with joy, hope, protection, and fulfillment. God's heart desire is for each one of you to find the path that he has for you and to walk within that path. 
He despises evil, which, which is represented by all those other paths. And choosing those paths can lead to negative consequences. But here's the amazing truth. If you choose to believe and trust in God, worshiping him above all else, he will lead you to that door of his kingdom and guide you along that path. So let's talk um, about where you might be in this maze. Um, remember I asked you earlier to identify what path you may be on. Some of you thought you might be on A. You don't really have a relationship. You haven't taken that step. You have B. You're on the path. C. You're slightly wandered off. Or D. You have ran away. So those feel like you're in point D. If you find yourself further off the path than you've ever wanted, struggling to hear God's voice or, or feel his presence, or, and maybe caught up in, in, in those mind-numbing addictions or worldly pleasures, please know that God didn't create you for hopelessness or despair. He has a plan for you to live on, on this line. He wants you to find your way back to his path. Those of you in point D, start with humility. Pray, seek God's faith, turn from your ways, and God will hear you, forgive you, and heal you. Those of you that feel like you're in point C, you might be slightly off the path, um, making a few wrong turns in the maze. And let me tell you that many of us have been at point C at some point in our lives. Maybe it's just apathy, weariness from the pandemic, being deceived by lies. You just wander just slightly off because the, the world around you is starting to crumble. If that's where you feel you are, know this, that God dwells in you. Get back on track with God by praying, immersing yourself in his word. Surrounding yourself with good friends who can support you. Point B, congratulations. <laughs> You're in the good spot right now. Enjoying the benefits of being in God's will. Keep moving forward, growing spiritually, staying on his path. Stay focused on Jesus. Run the race and watch out for anything that might come to try and deceive you. What I mean by that is, even though you might be on, on uh, point B, doesn't mean that it's an easy path. It's not. The enemy's here to dis distract you, deter you from God's path. So be faithful, be obedient, be watchful, and stand firm in your faith. And lastly, point A. If you find yourself outside of God's kingdom, there is great hope for you. See, I skipped over that first half of verse 7 in Psalms 5 earlier, but I want to share it with you now. Psalms 5, 7a says, But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love. This is a reference to the incredible love God has for you. It's demonstrated through the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God sent his only son to pay the penalty for your sin. And now he offers you this, the gift of salvation. 
All you have to do is believe and receive it by faith alone. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You sense there's more to this life than what you're experiencing you feel like there's, you're, there, there's something that you need, there, there's, you don't have this relationship or you've been struggling. And if you feel God is knocking on your heart, talk to someone. Reach out to myself, reach out to Pastor Aaron when he gets back. A friend, or even if you're a youth, to your parents. But most importantly, talk to God. He wants you to enter the maze. And he wants you to begin living in his kingdom. As you close here, remember, God is for you. And he wants nothing but what is truly, truly good for you. So let's go on this journey together. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Seek refuge in him, follow his path, and experience the fullness of his love, his joy, his protection, and his blessing. Let me ask you this. Are you ready for this amazing adventure? Or if you already are, are you ready to keep pursuing this adventure? I call it an adventure because you know what? It is fun following God. Even with all the things the enemy tries to deter you with, it's still worth it. It is still worth it. So I know I am excited for this journey. And I'm excited to walk this path with all of you. As we close, I just want to just uh, let you guys know, if, you, if there's anything you have questions, uh, Pastor Aaron and myself and, and the elders and everyone else, we're willing to talk. And, and listen and hear concerns or questions you may have. Don't go through this life alone. Don't, don't go through this maze alone. Support one another. Encourage one another. It is a hard path, but it's worth it. Let's close our eyes. And as I pray, the worship team can come up. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for this incredible journey that we get to um, Go through it together. We, we get to just spend time in, in our relationships with you, Lord. Help us to be an encouragement to one another. For those that are struggling, help us to be that open arm to help someone up who's fallen down. Father, for those of us that feel like we are in point D, that we are so far away from you, stir it in our hearts. Turn our hearts and continue to follow you, to pursue you, and get back on the track. Father, we just thank you for this, this church family. Thank you for all that you're doing. We just lift you up, your mighty name. You all said, amen. Let's stand and worship.